0: You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Okay, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Hey, before we get started today, I just want to say, man, thank you guys. I know there were so many people last week that served for the first time. We had kind of this goal that we could get 30 new volunteers And uh, we set that goal and then gave out T-shirts, and a bunch of you uh, signed up for that. 30 brand-new volunteers actually did sign up. So let's celebrate that. Um, We needed you guys, and you guys showed up. And we also had a campaign that we said, each one, let's do that again, each one, Yeah, and so you probably got many of you uh, that are brand new here got invited by a friend, or maybe you saw a sign or you you had a Facebook ad or something like that. But so many of you did respond and reach out and and invite somebody. So I want to say thank you for that. We had a total of 123 volunteers. So let's celebrate that. That's really cool. Um, As well, what I think is really, really cool is 15 of those new volunteers were guest services. So our guest services team, they're doing great at hospitality. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we had four different services. Uh, all of our services were full. And uh, then we had an Easter egg hunt. And, and we had never done that level of an Easter egg hunt. We had about three to 400 brand new people show up. And so we totaled out over 1,000 people on our campus on Easter Sunday. That's crazy. But the best part of it all was that we had 15 people profess faith in Christ through baptism and celebrate a brand new life in Christ. Can we celebrate that? Yeah. So anyway, I'm just excited to be with you guys today. Um, We're kicking off a new series. I'm going to be teaching each week over the next five weeks. Um, Really, the the series that we're talking about is what people want to know. And what that is, is literally we did some research and finding out what people are Googling uh, in relation to faith and family and relationships and all that. And so uh, we just did a study and we captured it within about a 10-mile radius of the church of actually real people sitting down at the computer and googling questions, questions about depression, about uh, mental health, questions about forgiveness, questions about relationships, questions about uh, marriage, all this stuff. And so over the next five weeks, what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach on what people actually really want to know. And we're going to look at the Scripture and see what God's Word has to say. On the fifth week, you have a program uh, hopefully with you, there's a, a flyer, people want to know, and it's all online too. But on the fifth week, is uh, I'm going to be taking any questions that are generated through the series. So if you have a question as we're going along in this teaching series, the last message that I'm going to give is all the questions directly that you want to know. Maybe I didn't clarify something in the message series, but I want to tell you something, This message series is so important because it is contextual to our people in the North Valley. It is you, it is people that are literally asking these questions. The number one question that people were asking on Google within a 10-mile radius was, "What what what does the Bible have to say about forgiveness? So today we're gonna talk about that. You are here today in either you are at a crossroads where you're going to have to choose to forgive somebody and you have to make that decision. They've sinned against you, they've hurt you, and you're going to have to take a conscious choice to either forgive them or not forgive them. Um, If you're not there now, you will be there soon. Because everybody, there's only two kinds of people in this world. There are people that admit they're imperfect and they acknowledge it, and then there's, there are those people that are imperfect, and they just deny it. Um, what we're going to see is that forgiveness is a crucial key theme throughout all of Scripture, and that to be a Christian is to be a forgiving person. And some of you need to be forgiven. You've come in, and you have a lot of things that are on your heart or on your mind, and you need to find forgiveness, And today, I'm going to tell you how you can experience God's forgiveness, and then how you can go and ask for forgiveness from people that you've hurt. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are good, and Lord, that your Holy Spirit is here, and you love your church, the North Valley, your church. Thank you for the privilege that we have to establish this church for a beacon of hope for the North Valley. We pray today, God, for all the people that are here today with their hurts, habits, or hang-ups, God, that there is hope for everyone. Through the power of Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. So let's look at the scripture. The first thing I want to talk to you about, how does a Christian give and receive forgiveness? What does the Bible actually say about forgiveness? Is the first thing we're going to learn today is that when you and I blow it, when we sin, do anything against God's word or God's ways that we need to go, number one, we need to ask God for forgiveness. He's the biggest deal. You got to figure out when you sin, when you blow it, when you mess up, the most important thing about that is going to God. Now, some of you, your idea of God is that he's completely angry at you and there is no forgiveness. For the Christian, anybody who's placed their faith in Jesus Christ, you have great, great access and privilege. Here's one I, I want to help you to understand that this issue about asking God for forgiveness, that's the first step that you're going to do when you sin, when you blow it, you need to know your greatest responsibility in life is your relationship with God. And so When it comes to forgiveness between my wife and I, if I offend her or hurt her, the very first thing I need to do is I don't need to go to my wife and ask for forgiveness. The very first thing I need to do is I need to go to God. Because when I sin against somebody, I've actually sinned against God. So asking God's forgiveness. I want to help you understand your heavenly father just as that, a father. He's a good father. We just sang about that. Look what the scripture says about the father's heart for forgiveness in 1 John 1:9. 1, the Bible says that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When I go to the, my heavenly father and I confess my sin to him, I look to this passage and I find out that he is faithful when you come to a place when you sin against somebody or you sin and you hurt or damage anything and you know it, there's a burden and a heaviness. The Bible says is if we confess our sins, we say, Lord, this is what I did. I'm sorry that he is faithful and just. He's always faithful and he not only forgives us of our sins, but he purifies us from unrighteousness. The reality is it's like this. When we sin, it builds up a stench. It builds, sin is damaging. It is darkness. It hurts. It hampers. And you need to deal with your sin on a very regular basis. It's kind of like this at my household. My son, Sam, his responsibility is to take out the trash. Now, let me ask you a question. If I didn't ask, if I told Sam to take out the trash and he didn't take out the trash in my house for a week and we got three kids, how do you think my house would smell? Smell pretty bad. When you choose not to deal with it, then what it's like is that you got constant trash in your life that is a stench. In order to deal with your sin, the first thing you do is you take out the trash. You go talk to your heavenly father. You deal with it. And by doing that, it's dealing with it. A lot of uh, people think that they sin maybe once a week or twice a week. No, you sin every single day, either in an action of what you are doing against somebody or against the Lord, or in inaction in something that you should have done, but you didn't do. So we need to confess our sins, and we have a heavenly Father. I want you to hear the Father's heart. Let me explain to you as you think about God the Father it's kind of like this. Let me tell you a story about my life. When I was 18 years old, it was the darkest season of my life. I was a rebel running from God. I was a broken person. I was a dead man walking. I had no hope. I had tried everything to fill this pain in my heart with uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll. That was my deal. And I had enemies with God. I had enemies with my family. I had enemies with the church, enemies with my school, and I'm constantly in trouble. One day, I get into a big blowout with my dad. I mean, a, a big blowout. Like, I fight him. And I, in the fury and the anger and the rage, I jump in a car and I drive away. My older brother, who was a rebel at the time, too, running from God and all that, jumps in. And we go out and get wasted and live terrible. And the problem was is that I had this really cool truck, but you could take off the top. It was a, a, an 89 Jimmy, four-wheel drive, Chevy. You could take off the top, and it was cool. It was like a big like, convertible four-wheel drive. But the problem was is that it rained a lot. So I'm driving for a week, skipping school, in sin, partying all the time, Huge hole in my heart, feeling this emptiness, this pain, and this burden. I'd sinned against my dad. I sinned against my family. I'm blown, my, my life is going down the tubes. And I am getting rained on all the time. So I end up finding apartments where I can park underneath them and, and grab the shelter and sleep in my wet, nasty truck. I do that for about a week. And it rained like the whole week, like God's just having his little way on me. Like, I'm going to make it rain on you, Ryan. And I come to my senses and I find out, I, you know, I need to go ask my dad for forgiveness. But I was terrified to go ask my dad, right? Because it's hard to ask for forgiveness when you blow it. And so I go to my dad and I go to the house and I pull up and I'm terrified. I think he's going to yell at me and say, you don't, you're no longer a part of our family. You've blown it so many times. I've forgiven you so many times. You keep wasting your life. You're a screw-up. You're a mess-up. I kept hearing that in my head, but I knew that I should try it because my parents said they were Christians, and I figured I'd really test them to see if they could really forgive. So I go, and I walk into the room, and I see my dad, and I thought I was going to find him in a rage and a fury. And he opens up his arms, and I said, Dad, I need you to know I'm so sorry. Please. And he says, I forgive you. I forgive you. He wrapped his arms around me and said, son, nothing you can do will ever change the fact that you're my son. You need to hear this when it comes to your relationship with God Almighty, that you have a secure relationship into the family of God because he is faithful. When you're faithless, he remains faithful. When the devil breathes, whispers, and lies against you. You're unworthy. You're unlovable. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not whatever. You need to hear the voice of the heavenly Father that might be a little bit more quiet and simple and says, I love you because of the work of Christ in your life. Look what the Bible says. Ask God for forgiveness. You need to first hear the Father's heart for forgiveness. And secondly, you need to know Jesus is our great high priest. You got a high priest. He's not like any regular priest. The scripture says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. The Christian faith, the best faith, the best life is the Christian life. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. This is Jesus. But we have, one, we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. In other words, he's perfect. He knows humanity. And he remains completely and 100% divinity. Let us then approach God's throne of grace. So what's that, God's throne, wrath and fury? No, 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 no. Through the precious work of the high priest, we find grace. And we can go, the Bible says, with confidence, so that we may what receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When you blow it, and you do every single day, you've got a great high priest. Through the power of Christ, let me tell you something. He's your high priest. You don't have to make a pilgrimage. You don't have to travel and go to confession and schedule an appointment. You got a great high priest. And he dispenses mercy and grace all the time. The Father's heart is for you. Why? Because he's faithful, yet he's just. And he's just because he deals with sin through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is your mediator. Jesus Christ is is the advocate for you. Jesus Christ is the high priest. So for the Bible says, Christian theology teaches we can find forgiveness all the time. You don't even have to go to a person to find the true eternal forgiveness. You need to go to the one person that is Jesus. And you can find that. Some of you say to me, well, I don't know. When I sin, sometimes I don't even know that I'm sinning because I'm blinded to my own sin. I understand that. The cool thing is that when you ask God for forgiveness, you're activating the entire Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can help us. Look what the Scripture says. Search me, God. Know my heart. Sometimes you don't know your heart, but God knows your heart. He knows the hurt. He knows the pain. Look what the scripture says. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Let me stop right there. Some of you come in with enormous amounts of anxiety, enormous amounts of stress. And the scriptures here, the psalmist is inviting the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to search his heart. Look what he says. See if there is any offensive way in me. This is the prayer. This is the pattern that I practice. And I plead with you to practice. When I sin, when you sin, you don't try to run off and talk to everybody else and try to fix and manage your problems. You go, number one, to the Lord. And if you don't even know what you've done wrong, but you know you did something wrong because people are telling you you're screwing your life up or you're hurting people, then what you do is you say this. You bow in prayer and you say, search me, God you know my heart. See if there's anything offensive in me. And then what I'd encourage you to do is pull out a pen and start to make the list. And what will happen, this is I've heard people tell me this when I encourage this, is they say, there are so many things that I had no idea that I was doing to offend God and to offend people. It's like in that moment I was inspired and enveloped with the presence of God and I started to write out all the terrible things. Don't stop there soon as you see that list, you go back and you say, God, but I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that you are just. And I thank you that I have a high priest who the scripture says that I can come to him in in any time and receive mercy and grace. You need to be led into the way of the everlasting. The everlasting is an everlasting life. It's a great life. If you're not forgiving, you're not living. If you're not experiencing forgiveness, you're not truly finding freedom. If you're not given forgiveness, you're living in bondage to your bitterness. When forgiven people forgive people. That's what we're going to learn today. Secondly, I want to encourage you. What does the Bible say about forgiveness? It says that we need to ask for forgiveness from other people. This is probably the hardest because you, you and I want to fancy God as always being so wonderful and forgiving, and He is, but at a high cost through the precious work of Christ. But this part, ask for forgiveness from others. You can't do this, asking forgiveness from others, if you don't know your sin. That's why I told you, you need the Holy Spirit's help. Search me, God. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me what I did wrong. People are telling me I did wrong, but I need to know what I did wrong from you so I can know that. Asking forgiveness from others. This is not saying, hey, I'm sorry if that hurt you, or hey, my mistake, my bad. No, asking forgiveness from others sounds more like this. Hey, I want you to know that I've acknowledged my sin before the Lord, sought forgiveness from Him, and now I'm seeking forgiveness from you. I know that this hurts you and I did not want to do that, please forgive me. And then be quiet and sit there and let it sit. The person will either respond in one or two ways, I forgive you, or whatever. You've done this to me so many times. How could I forgive you? That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is just to ask for forgiveness for anybody you've offended, hurt, you've sinned against. Scripture tells us that seeking forgiveness and forgiving people was a pretty normative pattern. In the church in Ephesus, the Apostle Paul gave instruction to the Christians there and he said, be kind and compassionate. What do we need in our homes, in our life? We need kindness and compassion caring for people, thinking about them. And when we live like that, we will be forgiving people. We will ask for forgiveness, and we will give forgiveness. I need you to know something, that I ask forgiveness from my children. If I raise my voice and sound harsh and rude, I don't just dismiss it. I stop and I say, hey, listen, Sam or Riley or little Maya, my six-year-old, daddy lost his cool, and that wasn't right. I'm asking for you to forgive me. And my little six-year-old will say this. She'll put her little hand on my back and say, Daddy, I forgive you. Do you know how precious that is to me? Here's why it's so precious. I want my daughter growing up understanding that forgiveness is a normal way of the Christian life. That she doesn't ever need a husband that's unforgiving or won't acknowledge his errors guys, let me speak to you for a moment. You think asking for forgiveness is a sign of weakness. I'm going to tell you wrong, tell you different. You're wrong. It's a sign of strength. Strong people forgive. Strong people forgive. Strong people go and ask for forgiveness because they're not afraid of what the other person is going to say because they've already dealt with it with the Lord. Weakness isn't getting counseling or weakness isn't asking for somebody to forgive you. No, that's strength. That's Christian strength. Seeking forgiveness. How do you do that? Practical way to do that is this, is confession. When you confess, you can find healing. Scripture tells us, James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This is the process of finding forgiveness. When you confess, you're not actually being, being forgiven in that moment. The scripture says that we're being healed. There's a healing process that starts. If, you don't, if you're not going to deal with your sin, deal with it, then you won't heal from it. You've got to deal with it to heal from it. That's what's going on in your life. You got issues, you got hurts, you got habits, you got hang-ups, you got uh, patterns in your life and you need to ask forgiveness from others. The scripture says confess your sins to each other. So not only do you need to ask God to forgive you, you need to ask other people to forgive you. And you confess and you call it sin. You don't call it a mistake or you don't call it oh my bad or I'm sorry if this offended you. You say no, hey listen, that's called sin and it's damaging and destructive. I confess that to you, and I know that hurt you. Let me just tell you something. This is why people get divorced. This is why dysfunctional relationships perpetuate continually and constantly because we don't know how to forgive people, or we don't know how to ask for forgiveness. And so we just keep living in this funk of bitterness, and bitterness is bondage. So, who do you confess to? You confess to each other. Well, how many people? I would encourage you to find one, men, find one godly man that understands grace and mercy and go talk to that guy. Um, What about when you sin against your spouse? You should go and confess your sins to your spouse too, or whoever that you've offended. Men, you need one godly, safe person who's rooted in Scripture, you need a Christian man to help navigate you through this, to give you strength, maybe because your spouse won't do that in that time. Or ladies, you need another godly lady that can help you, root you, strengthen you in grace and mercy to help you. And then if if you've sinned against your husband, you need to go to your husband and ask for forgiveness from your husband and confess your sins to your husband. Why? Because there's healing in that. You can pray for one another. You become each other's allies and retreat and not be each other's enemies. In every relationship, there's, there's sin, hurt, and harm, and we can deal with it. If we confess, we can find healing. So let me tell you how to do that. This isn't in your notes, but I encourage you to do this. If you today already know that there's somebody that you need to ask for forgiveness from, Let me tell you this. This is how you do it. You follow what I've just taught in Scripture, but you need to think about a couple of things. The first is you need to think about the time. When you go and approach this person and you ask them to forgive you, you need to think about the time, you need to think about the place, and you need to think about the words that you say. You need a time that's good so that you can actually talk and actually have a real good conversation with people, with the person that you've hurt, your spouse or a friend or a neighbor or a family member. And you need to talk to them and talk to them in a time that's good for them, not just good for you. That's being compassionate. That's being caring. Secondly, you need to think about the place, the location. When you're asking forgiveness from somebody, you need to think about the place it is. Is it in the middle of a chaos when you don't have time and there's lots of distractions? Or is it a quiet place that you can actually have that dialogue and conversation? For me, with my wife, and, and when, since we've got three kids, like it's definitely not when the kids are going crazy at the house if we need to talk and have a serious talk. We'll, we'll go into our room, shut the door, and then we tell the kids, hey, kids, mom and dad need to talk. And we do it at the end of the day or maybe early in the day before all the, all the crazy day starts to happen. And lastly, you need to think about your words. Words are powerful. Words change things. And the words that you choose to say in that moment are the most critical words that you could say to help the healing process begin. The Bible says if we confess our sins to each other and pray words, that we can find healing. Your words, you weigh your words. So how do you find forgiveness? How do you ask for forgiveness? When it comes to asking for forgiveness, you seek it, you confess, and you'll find healing, but you think about the time, the place, and your words. What you may want to do is write out your, forget, your request for forgiveness. And it's not your responsibility if they choose not to forgive you. Scripture says that it, what we need to do is, is if, if at all possible, that we're to live at peace with people. There's a lot of people that I don't have peace with, but I'm trying. You know, and at the end of the day, here's the reality is you and me, all we can do is we can take responsibility to say, I want my life to pattern as much after this because I believe that there's freedom living and life in this. Lastly, this is a hard one for some of you because you're in bondage to your bitterness, but you need to give forgiveness to others. I'd go so far to say that if you can't give forgiveness, I don't think you're a Christian. Forgiven people forgive people. You say to me, well, you have no idea how bad this person hurt me, and they're asking for forgiveness. No, I, I will tell you, I understand your hurt, and your pain is a serious deal, and I get it. Forgiveness is a process. It's not an event. And forgiving doesn't mean forgetting. You can't forget everything that's been done to you And when somebody comes to you and asks for forgiveness, it's a bold step of faith that you're taking in aligning yourself with the Almighty to be a forgiving person. It's uniquely Christian to be a forgiver. Forgiven people forgive people, though. Listen to me. God forgives you through Christ. You have a platform to model that same kind of love to people around you. I'm gonna pray something really crazy on your life. I'm gonna pray that something would happen in your life this week and you're challenged at the crossroads to forgive somebody. And this week, when you come to that crossroads, you have a choice to make. You got pain, it hurts, I agree. And if you don't wanna forgive them, I'm gonna give you grace right now and tell you, I understand you're human. But you're also a bondage to your bitterness. You're a prisoner to your own pain. There's healing coming from when you choose to forgive somebody. This is what Scripture says. Peter asks that same question. How many times do we forgive? Peter, who was steeped in Judaism, Judaism was the idea they had on their concept of forgiveness is that you forgive somebody about three times, and that's about it. And then after that, you don't have to forgive them anymore. So Peter comes up to Jesus and asks, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And Peter thinks he's generous and says, up to seven times. He says, how about up to seven times? And the idea and the Jewish thought was you forgive somebody three times and that's good enough. And Peter's being generous and gracious. And he says, how about up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. In other words, what Jesus is doing is he's blowing his circuit of understanding that forgiveness is not some little small deal. It's a continual and constant deal. You constantly have to forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people. Failing to forgive is human. But you're also, again, you're a prisoner. And my, in, my encouragement to you is to be a forgiving person. There's life in that. There's strength in that. Forgive. Forgive people fast. Don't hold grudges. It's not good for you. Forgiving doesn't mean that you're, you're going to forget It just means that you are choosing to make a decision to cancel the debt or the offense against you, to forgive others. Giving forgiveness to others is to be Christian. So how do we understand that? Colossians 3.23, this is a wonderful passage. It helps us understand horizontal forgiveness, and that's extending forgiveness to others, and vertical forgiveness, that's a relationship with God. Look what the Scripture says. Therefore, as God's chosen people. It means Christians. Holy and dearly loved. That's who you are. You're loved by your good Father. Look what there's a command. Clothe yourselves. Something you're to do all the time, every day. With compassion, it's caring, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Those are all virtues that we ought to seek to practice all the time verse 13 bear with each other that's honesty that sometimes you just got to bear with one another it's hard bear with each other and forgive one another if you if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the lord forgave you so there's the horizontal and there's the vertical forgiveness the idea is that in a relationship with Christ, when we see that cross, that you and I experience a vertical forgiveness. And we have a great high priest that we can go to, that we can approach the throne and always find God's grace and His mercy vertically. You can find forgiveness without going to anybody. You can go to your heavenly Father and approach Him, and because you have a great high priest, Christ, and you have the Holy Spirit to help you understand your sin, your darkness, your sorrow. But, to be Christian is not only receive that forgiveness, but it's to extend that forgiveness to those around you. If you're not forgiving someone, then you're a bondage to bitterness. You do not have the blessed life. You have the life of bondage, and you need to take a step out of that and turn towards Christ and say, just as I've experienced forgiveness from you, I'm choosing in faith to give forgiveness to those around me. Forgiving is not forgetting. Forgiveness is a decision that you choose to make to forgive somebody, to cancel the debt, and then choose to live the life that God's called you to live. In closing, I want to share with you a story of a couple in our church, and their marriage was on the rocks. And I asked if I could share this story, but it's a story of David and Rima Torres, beloved couple in our church. And this is their story is much like many of your stories, and true for so many even godly Christian marriages, is David and Rima went for a period of time in our church for about seven years, um, not in our church, but before they got to our church, seven years in their marriage where they started to form some habits that were destructive and damaging to their relationship on both sides. And it went on for a period of about seven years. And literally, they're at the brink of getting a divorce. And by God's grace... David decided to have a conversation with one of his na- with the neighborhood group leader, Wes and Nancy Austin. And Rima went and talked to Nancy, and uh, Dave went and talked to uh, Wes. And that's where you're going to find. Just by the way, those of you that need a safe person, you're going to find forgiving people and loving people in those neighborhood groups. So they choose to have that conversation, and they talk about the struggles and the hardships. And by God's grace, through that process of confession and then working through it, God began to restore their marriage. And by God's grace, and I was happy to share this with you, is that Rima has come forward and she's been baptized into our church and God's at work. I want to tell you something. You don't need to do life alone. You can find forgiving people in a Christian community, if it's a good one, where they believe in the power of Christ and the forgiveness of sins. And that's what the scripture teaches. Your marriage can't make it without being somebody in that family to a husband and a wife. You've got to give forgiveness and receive forgiveness. That's the model for the Christian life. Amen. Let me pray for us and we'll close out our time. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. I pray, Lord, as the week goes on, that there may be an opportunity where somebody is challenged to give forgiveness. And I pray that they would grant that forgiveness. Lord, and by doing so, they're showing and sharing the love of Christ. I pray for their protection over their families. I pray for their healing in their hearts and their homes. I ask God for your grace and mercy to abundantly flow through their faith as they choose to trust in you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, in closing, I want to give you this thought. Forgiven people forgive people. That's the take-home truth for today. As a Christian, you need to know that you are a forgiven people. And as a result and a responsibility of that forgiveness that you receive, you must be the most forgiving people on the planet Earth. And in doing so, it's not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength. But you are reflecting the very heart of the Creator and forgiving people. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.